listen and subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Welcome everybody to Blurred Lines. This is your man Cam. With me as always is the other killer Cam, Cam Square. As well as uh, the man they call Josh. And always blessing us with his presence. It's me. It's D, the cynical one. <laughs> and we are here. A slew of trailers just dropped and uh, we watched them all. We all got comments on them. We're the semi-hype about them. I want to say middle to excited to not at all. It's all it's a nice gambit of up. But um, we'll we'll talk. We'll we'll go through them. The first one we're gonna dive up though is first one's gonna be Blue Beetle. Uh, this is the last of DC's um, superhero movies that they had before the Gun Takeover, and actually it was pretty freaking cool <laughs> shout out to my man from uh cobra kai he, he did it he did, he's looking like he's doing a good job but um yeah blue beetle looked i mean it looked cool i was like pleasantly surprised is that the guy that's in the lead that's playing jaime reyes yeah 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 he's, he's from cobra kai fame um but yeah, it had this. It had it looked like all the same trappings of the origin story, you know, wacky family, sidekick, big bad, you know. Wait, who was the dead or the? George Lopez. Know, okay, that's what I was like. All right. Yeah, George Lopez got the, you know, the female sidekick, like love interest, maybe, maybe not type thing. It had like it had a similar vibe to Shang Chi to me actually, mm-hmm. like just from the trailer. But like, dude, the. The, the Beetle looked amazing in terms of like yeah. costuming and all that. Yeah. Um, I do agree with D, with D though. I think I'm 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 so partial to Young Justice Blue Beetle and the, the voice because he's so homicidal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't like the well, I not dislike it, but just, I when I when I saw it, I heard or I thought I was going to hear the Young Justice voice, and when it was like kind of very like mellow and and very kind of sell almost nice the beetle does in the movie i was like oh well it looks cool but <laughs> no it, it, it does look good i mean look the the design looks cool and looks like it's it's got a uh like the the story of his, his it looks like a solid origin story that's what i'm trying to go for we don't see those that often anymore um, and, and rightfully so, like some stories are better where you just drop us in the middle of it, like the Batman. Um, but, uh, this is one that I think needs an origin story because not many people know Blue Beetle and if it is successful, I'm hoping that the gun continues the story because Blue Beetle is one of those, uh, DC characters that I feel like could be a big deal, you know, maybe not, maybe not, it could be the Ant-Man of the DC, you know, world, but, you know, the the character itself is way more powerful, but there are some interesting things that can come from uh, having that character in the, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, definitely. And also like, um, I think this was kind of disconnected from the, was it DCEU or whatever, when it was made. 
And so because it didn't have anything heavily tied to it, no cameo or as valid, no cameos, whatever, whatever. So there's a talk of being like, well, this could be like, they could easily slot this into what Gunn is already doing, which is cool. And also like, and I think I think uh, DC kind of needed something like this. They need they needed like an Ant-Man or a Guardians of the Galaxy where they're like, hey, here's a character you guys don't know. We're going to do a good story about it and let's see what happens. And it's Latino director, yep. Latino cast, Latin, yep. Latino written, like, they're not they're not trying to screw this up. <laughs> I, I, I would I would also add this is yeah, it's kinda of the same vein of what Gunn has done with Guardians of the Galaxy. But the thing about Blue Beetle is there there could be some potential familiar familiarity with the character based off the animation. Whereas the That's Guardians true. of the Galaxy were more cameo appearances in the in the animation. Like there wasn't no unless you followed the comics, there wasn't no solid story. Like I'm familiar with Blue Beetle and I'm not quote unquote familiar with Blue Beetle. But because I watched Young Justice, I know who yep. the character is. You know, I, I'm I know the kind of the origin story. Um, so it's not totally foreign to me where when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I was like, Whoa, who are these? And then when I went back, I was like, Oh yeah, they did make a slight cameo in this episode of this uh anime animation I, I watch. But uh in all, I think the, the trailer did what it was supposed to do. Piqued my curiosity, didn't reveal too much. Uh it looks solid. It didn't try to outdo itself. It didn't try to be something that it wasn't. I think that bodes well. But again, if the movie sucks, the trailer did its job. It got me to go want to watch it. You know, <laughs> yep. like, yeah. and that's the job of a trailer. And I think the and what what Cam the Cam said earlier that it's kind of like it's the old DCEU, but it's kind of like not connected, which gives it some leeway. So come this does well. Gun gets his hands on it and be like, all right, we can incorporate this story, unlike Black Adam, Absolutely. where it just bombed. Because it was kind of like, in my opinion, they were kind of seeing what Black Adam would do. You know, yeah. Black Adam didn't right. do much. So it was like, all right, we can scrap this. Blue Beetle kind of in the same boat. We'll see what Blue Beetle does. It's kind of generating some buzz. I kind of watched it. I was like, yeah, this is not bad. I actually kind of dig this trailer. So kudos to whoever cut that trailer up. Yeah, and I'm sure that they... Uh, <laughs> Gun watched Black Adam and he and he knew before it was released. He was like, "Yeah, this one ain't gonna make it into into, into the day." But um um yeah, like in, it it looks like it separated itself in a way that some of the lingering films probably can't, just because they were already intrinsically tied to the DCEU. I haven't seen Shazam. Uh, I don't even remember what the Maria yeah. the God. Yeah, that I haven't seen that movie, uh, <laughs> and I don't plan on seeing it. Um, but but I can imagine that even that movie is like, okay, we did it, it's done, we're moving on. If Shazam is one day again in DC's feature films, it won't be this version of of the character. So, Maybe. I think Shazam suffered from all the things that wound up torpedoing it, tor torpedoing it um, before it came out. Um, I think it's at least as good as the first one. If you liked the first one or if you thought it was okay, whatever you thought of the first one, you're probably going to think of that of the second one. Uh, it doesn't really ramp up much in the way. I mean, it, it digs into the lore of Captain Marvel slash Shazam uh, a little bit more. Um, and I mean, Helen Mirren is Mirren is in it, and Helen Mirren is perfect in all things. Let's just let's just call that what it is. 
<laughs> I haven't seen her in a bad film ever. Um, and she's great in this. She elevates, she elevates the movie and takes the role for her first superhero film, probably her only. She takes it very seriously. I was pleasantly surprised. But to the Beatle, I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, if they if they do better than uh, what they did with uh, Blue Beetle and Smallville, I think we're okay. <laughs> that was wow. If you have not seen it, I will send you all the clip. <laughs> un- oh man, Smallville, Smallville was 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 uh, a lot of misses with a lot of characters. They had oh, a lot of different uh, DC name named hitters in there that that they just kind of. Even worse than Arrowverse, and you know how I feel about the Arrowverse. Arrowverse got a lot of it started right wrong. The Arrowverse got a lot more right than they did. Yes, they got some a good amount of things right, uh, more than wrong. You know, Batman version of Green Arrow. You guys, you guys co-sign. I say no way. Uh, but you know, again, going back to Blue Beetle. It looks like it has potential. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it, like, that's all you need. That's all you need at this point. Yeah, I feel like whereas Smallville was bad out the gate, in my opinion, uh, I feel like at least Arrowverse right. tried at the beginning of all of their shows, yeah. and they're you know too. after two seasons, bleh. yeah. <laughs> about the game strong one season, and then two starts to linger by then. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I and not again. I told you guys I never watched Arrow because personally, I like I like Mad Mad too much. Hey, <laughs> I'm gonna say I did not co-sign anything. That was them two, the other guy. <laughs> that, uh, second of all, Helen Mirren did play in a comic book movie called Red. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh, true, true, yep. true, true. They did two movies. Well, a superhero. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say to just point like, superhero. Okay. And I like I like Red. I actually like both of them. They're fun. Yeah, Red was great. Yeah, yeah, nice and fun. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think I think overall, I think Blue Beetle's in a nice little spot where they're again, it's you know Latino led film mm-hmm. cast, so, uh, directed, starring, writing. I don't think it's for by YD, but yeah, we can do. Um, but mm-hmm. it looks like they're hitting on all the cylinders to make it to make sure that this is solid, and so. Right. Like just like Cam said, he didn't really know nothing, but he knew he knew he knew of Blue Beetle from other things. He watched the trailer. All right, now I'm interested, in maybe seeing it. And that's all. Pretty much the trailer is really supposed to keep people. Yep, exactly. Um, that leads us to Secret Invasion, which did anyone ask for a Secret Invasion TV show? No. Are we getting? Are we getting one? I guess. Yeah. Is it gonna be good? Maybe. Let me <laughs> to the to the the Marvel. Uh, the Marvel professors on on the uh, which is is Josh and and Cam, you yeah. guys tell me this is yep. Secret Invasion yep. is that storyline in the comic book? What's the scale of it? Is it supposed to be like this epic thing that's happening, or is it supposed to feel like something that can be wrapped up in a few episodes? It's line wide, and it's supposed to be pretty. Well. I mean, Cam knows it better than I do. But as far as I recall, it was line wide. Like every comic book had a secret invasion tie in. Yeah. And and there was the main line, you know what they do. They try to spread everything across, you know, try to include as many books as they can. 
and then have like the mainline books to sell the main the main story and you know the way they sort of do it now is not like secret wars where secret wars was its own self-contained thing and then it had like you know things that dipped in and out of it this was uh all inclusive yeah this was all inclusive every book and the way they did it was and i hate crossovers to begin with but this one was interesting because you wanted to read the other books because you wanted to figure out who was a scroll right so it, it touched all of marvel because it was like hey scrolls came in scooped up a bunch of heroes and then replaced them with scrolls but you didn't know who was who and who was what so then as you're going through the story you started to find out hey this person's a scroll this person's not i thought this person was a scroll and, and you started to figure out who is actually got replaced and so it all starts with i think it was spider woman gets gets killed and is actually like a scroll and that's what starts kick starts the whole thing so they're doing this, they're trying to basically figure out who's a real person. And then about halfway through the story, you see the heroes waking up in space. And then you start to find out, oh, that, oh, that person's a really a scroll. And then you start to go put those pieces together. So it was cool because it was galactic and it was had a good like overall. And it was done in a smart way where mm -hmm. now watching what they're doing on the TV show, it's actually smart to do it this way as like, you know, more of a clandestine type of thing. You know, Nick Fury is involved. He, you know, conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. I think that's cool for how they've done the scrolls in MCU. I think this is not a bad way to do it because they kind of made them these like refugees type situations in Cat Marvel, which was stupid, but whatever. Um, so at least doing it this way scales it down, but kind of makes it kind of decent. So <clears throat> I'm it's, so it makes it more almost like uh, Attack of the Body Snatchers, if anything. So I'm wondering if, um, because I would think that at this point, the Marvel would begin to put their storytelling on the path towards the big event, which would be Kang Dynasty. Yep. So I'm wondering if one of Kang's variants, this is, this has nothing to do with the trailer, but I'm wondering if one of Kang's variants will be involved in this, uh, in this storyline in some way, way or far. Cause I also read that. And I can't even remember which, where I read this, but, there was a that they believe that there may have been a hint of, of potentially Doctor Doom being introduced in Secret Wars, uh, and for the MCU, um, the, or at least the the you know, and obviously wouldn't be introduced as Doctor Doom, but probably Victor Von Doom or whatever. Yeah, yeah and, um, yep. But um, I I read that there was that there's supposed that. The trailer indicated that this this person that wrote this that the trailer indicated to them that there was some hints of Doctor Doom. Did you guys see any of that? Because I wouldn't know if I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really see it. I mean, yeah. I think I think you no know, Fantastic Four is going to be it's going to happen sometime in the next three years. Doctor Doom's more than likely going to be a, a central part of that, <clears throat> whether in the first one or the second. Sorry. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious because I mean, one secret invasion gives Don Cheadle something to do. It gives it gives uh, Fake Colson something to do. It gives Maria Hill something to do. It gives, basically everyone that it's in the Shield that had nothing to do. It gives them something to do. <laughs> and it introduces my nice. girl. It okay, introduces my girl Abigail Brand. I'm so so and, so so stoked. And that part actually is the kind of the cool part. That that's probably the only yeah. thing I really am like anticipating about. Now, who's 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 are uh, gonna be Abigail Brand? Emilia Clark. 
your girl. I thought her, I thought her name was something else in that, and that she had a scroll name. Yeah, she has a scroll name, and then she has the um, uh, la, 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 la. I would double check it real quick. Oh, let me double check. Her name on the cast is Gia or something like that. She's a scroll. Ah. So the rumors are not true. Let me ask this too to the panel. Uh, so I I totally forgot about the Kang Dynasty and how big a deal that's supposed to be. But then the Secret Invasion is a big deal. Like, can Marvel harness two big deal storylines that take time to develop? Because Secret Invasion ain't no small story, man. That's like a big Dude. yeah. And I think that's that's the thing. I think they're 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 shrinking it down. Well, I take this back. I think in the show they're shrinking it down. It has the potential to land other places. So if they yeah. do it, if they do it in a way that would work, and this is something that probably would 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 actually be fun, is they could do that. Like they could make it a way where Secret Invasion, the show, starts the rest of it. Right? Nick Fury handles whatever threat this is, but then we find out there's other people that are now uh, like Captain America's back, but it's a scroll or da da da. Like it would make some like if they did that, that would actually be cool. And that would actually like expand the the, the size of it. Um, I'm curious to see how they're gonna rock this out. But I am I do like that they're finally giving um, all the shield agents something to do. Like Maria Hill, she's just uh, chilling yeah. for like 15 years, hanging out. Like do something with her. Like she's actually good at act. Kobe Smolders is actually really good at act at uh, action. Like that was in uh, Jack Reacher too. She was actually pretty open that. So at least they give her something to do. But I'm less, I'm more curious to see how they're gonna. How is this going to affect the rest of it? Because, like you said, you, you have Kang Dynasty, and then you have the Secret Invasion, and Secret Invasion is a, is pretty much a massive story that seems like they're trying to cut down and maybe like put trickles other places. And then Kang Dynasty has already got kickstarted, so I'm curious to see how these two are going to uh, intertwine. And what's the second? What is so? It's Kang Dynasty, and then there was another Avengers movie. Is it Good World? Not what it is. Secret World. Yeah. Secret, so Secret Invasion is sort of a prelude to Secret War or something, or but Secret War yeah. has something to do with Kang, right? Is that still connected to Kang? Or I guess we won't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean the, and that's the thing I was like a little annoyed about when they were like announcing all this crap because it's like you're basically announcing movies for these like huge, massive like storylines in the comic, mm-hmm. and so, so I'm like, how are you gonna adapt that to something like this and some? Some of it you can't. Some of it you can. Some of it you can just take slivers right. of. Like yeah. Secret Wars, Secret Wars is actually a pretty cool sliver story. Like it's you could take a basically it's taking a handful of uh, characters, putting them on a planet, have them fighting against each other, and the Beyonders laughing at them all. It's a simple story. It's pretty to the point, but they metastasize into all these crazy things that I'm curious yeah. how they're going to do it. So I think for Secret Invasion by itself. It could be interesting. I think if they, it, to me, it's just more of a shield movie, and I hope they keep it that way and it doesn't get too fantastical. Um, so at least you can use all the shield people, you know, scrolls and whatnot, and then kind of go from there. And then, um, but yeah, everything else, how it's going to connect to everything else, no idea. None. I mean, I hope that in the, in the best of uh, of circumstances, you know, it gives Nick Fury something to do. Like you said, it gives. Uh, former shield agent something to do um and make them relevant again which i think was a huge in my opinion a huge misstep for marvel uh from the mcu standpoint 
Yeah, can we talk uh, about how they ruined Shield? Oh, man. <laughs> Early red, even, even, even in, you know, even in the comic books all this time later, when Shield pulls up, it's a big deal. You know what I mean? Whether you like the storyline or not, at the end of the day, like when Civil War happened and Shield got involved, big deal. It to me, it always broadens the scope of what's going on in a big, in a much larger way. Um, and I think they, I personally miss that about about um, about having Shield involved in the MCU. That said, you know, I think you know a smaller story where it's Nick Fury running around doing spy stuff. Um, figuring out who's a scroll and who's not. Uh, I mean, I, I it think it'll, yeah, it'll, it could work, you know, but I think but it's unfortunate that they're reducing the scale. Like Ham was saying, you know, how, how I was asking how big it was. It was, it was huge. It was huge. Like, you know, you had like Captain Marvel taking on a, 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 a battalion of super scrolls with like four different power sets per super per scroll in addition to being able to change their their uh their identity their shape or whatever and like, and also too what they did was in the secret invasion in the books they established that some of these characters have been gone for two years right so and then and so then as you started to piece together you're like oh snaps go back that per that was actually a scroll from and in, two years ago all the way up to now and they did a good job of tying those threads so there's whole there's whole sections where you know, one character was doing a bunch of stuff for two years, but that wasn't them. It was the scroll. And then when this and character they, comes back, they have and they sort of tied it together because two years ago, you actually were getting hints that something was up and you didn't know what it was or why someone would say something like have a side conversation with someone that they were having. And it's like, wow, that's a weird thing to say. And it didn't make any sense. There was no context whatsoever. Come to find out when you go back to that when you go back to that book or you know a year later you see the same conversation being had with the person on the other end and the other person on the other end is a scroll or something like that it all made sense eventually but they gave you breadcrumbs like cam was saying the date two years back you just didn't know what the hell was going on yo d also uh you were wondering if uh Kang is a scroll. There is a Easter egg at the end of the uh, Ant Man that you see a scroll Kang uh, near the end of the yeah story. yeah. And, well, uh, well, no, I wasn't wondering who was the scroll. I was wondering if he's if, if he's sort of the big bad in the of this era of Marvel. How yeah. does how does he factor into Secret Wars? If it's if it's if we're if we're indeed arcing this entire if the phases are still have a, a ongoing arc right so we can say the phase that the infinity saga has an ongoing arc from the very first um avengers movie because i wouldn't i mean even before that you know because the the infinity stones were MacGuffins early on in the in each movie you know but we, because they didn't know what was going on, and the first Avengers movie pulled back the curtain is like, oh, that's why we've been seeing Infinity Stones because Thanos is 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 after him. And obviously, if you've read the comics, you know where we're going, and the whole reference to Court and Death and and, and all of that stuff. 
Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. So Kang Dynasty is actually before is is basically the part one, and Secret War is gonna be the part two of the Avengers movie, essentially mm-hmm. twenty coming out twenty five and twenty six. So, yeah, and I don't know, man. Love still attached as a writer. Sadly, he is. Sadly, he is. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yep. Yep. I uh, I agree with you on that. We have nothing to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, uh, to be fair, to be fair, go ahead. Uh, I wrote Mortal Kombat. Also wrote Shang Chi, and Shang Chi was actually a really good movie. Hey, I like the original Mortal Kombat for what it was. Not the original Whoa, one. Whoa. Yeah, the Mortal Kombat. The re- about the reboot. Oh, never yeah, mind. The, the most recent one that came out like a year ago, two years ago. Yeah. That was... Fun. Whew. I'm not going to say Apple, uh, apples and oranges. We'll see what happens. I have no optimistic view or of that. Never have yeah. an optimistic view. But, but, <laughs> that's for me. Why do you say hey? Why do you say it's apples and oranges? Why? How am I misapplying? Well, no, I'm just I'm kind of just jabbing at you. It's not real no, okay. the oranges. It's just it's just I don't know what you're saying, bro. No, 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 no. Honestly, you think higher of Shang Chi than I do. I don't. I don't think it. I'm just saying that it wasn't as bad as 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 the Mortal Kombat. Absolutely wasn't as bad as Mortal Kombat. Leaps and bounds better. But that was probably studio interference. We don't know if if uh, with Mortal Kombat. We don't know if um, if um, I doubt that that's the case with Loveless and uh, (laughs) and uh, and his. Yeah. Well, also also it's interesting because. Yeah, Loveless is going to be writing it, and then the dude that directed Shang Chi is going to be directing it. So, oh God, see, Ooh. I don't know if I trust that man. Like, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't listen. <laughs> so not, not to get off, not to get off tangent, but Shang Chi was. That's what I'm. I'm not saying it was War and Peace. I'm just saying it was better than Mortal Kombat. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Hundred percent agree with that by miles. It was better than Mortal. Than yeah, that. that's all I was saying. I'm not saying it was like you know one of the greatest MCU movies of all time. It was okay. Yeah, but I still stick to this. I'm I'm hoping that there is a change in that writing contingent. Oof, Oof. Yeah, before uh, that, yeah, because he couldn't even write Kang as a a appearing villain in another movie. Like it's. Mm-hmm. Kang is the big bad. How does Ant Man defeat anyway? Let's so so let's move on to uh we just had Star Wars Day, which is weird because it was early. I thought it was May the fourth, but they did it a little bit whatever. Yeah. That's that was that was kind of weird to me. So Star Wars Day come out, uh a bunch of news came through, but on top of that, we got an Ahsoka trailer and uh Watching it, it had some familiar faces from uh, Rebels. It had some interesting little tidbits in there, but it had Rosario Dawson as the main character, of course. She was debuted in um, Mando, and so if she plays a really <laughs> older, mature Ahsoka, like yeah, she does a good job. A lot of people were like, "Oh, they should have got the actress that 
forced her and it's like, well, maybe, but at the same time, like a hundred years old now. That's what I'm saying. She's <laughs> playing Ahsoka as a at a different stage in her life, right? And I think Rosario did a great job of showing a more refined, uh, mature, and perfectly comfortable exiled outcasted Jedi. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Like, yeah, no, she no. she she went through some battles, man. She is better. Yeah. I mean, she is. Uh, kind of like in a sense, Obi Wan. In yeah, where, you know, she went through some wars. She's she's been a part smarter, of- a smarter Obi Wan because yeah. she left her own accord. They were like, "Oh, we're sorry, you know, we accused you of, you know, breaking the covenant and doing all these things." And yeah. you know, she was like, "You know what?" She basically I, saw the BR early on and was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, this ain't it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, exactly right. <laughs> and I think that's what um, that's she saw the some of the same things that Qui Gon Jinn saw before he died, and that was, and speak on that that I and, and, and her, uh, Dooku, Dooku saw the same stuff. Sorry, yeah, started, uh, but Dooku also had his own. You got if you read the Darth Plagueis novel, you'll see you'll you'll find out that Palpatine had already started courting Dooku way before uh, <laughs> before he, even in the events of the Phantom Menace, he had met Dooku and he knew that, that, that he needed his money and his resources because Dooku as a whole was a count. Yeah. Dude's family was like loaded. The, 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 the rulers of a whole planet and, and so uh, and in that saying, that's how the separatists, he got all the separatists because, because Dooku's family influence, like pulled them from the Republic. But yeah, um, the, the trailer looks good. I think, um, we saw, it was speaking of the construction of the trailer. I think it did a good job of teasing, but not telling us all of what was to, to expect. We we got uh, a nice behind the uh, over the shoulder shot of, of of somebody that Josh has been wanting to see <laughs> on screen for so long. I know he, he got so excited he couldn't help, help himself. That blue manie, you know his name? Oh, that green animal thorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they uh, actually just <laughs> they That's just announced. That uh, the guy, the the magnificent actor that uh, voiced him in Rebels, will now be his live action uh, Lars Milkinson, I think is his name. Yes, sir. Be his and uh, J- uh, Cam, you might know recognize him. He was the guy that played Strigobor in that in uh in uh the the Witcher. He was the the sorcerer. That wanted to uh, kill all the girls, lock them up, and uh, <laughs> because of they they were he had born on the Falcons, whatever the Black Moon or whatever. So he's gonna be Grand Admiral Thrawn in uh, Million Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah, nah, they did a good yeah. job. I mean, not Clone Wars. Excuse me, Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. So uh, Thrawn is returning, which also obviously means for those of us who've seen Rebels that a certain Jedi should be returning hey. as well. It's Potter. Well, he also that certain Jedi was referenced in either Mando or Obi Wan. I think it was the Wells. Which one was it? Was it Mando or Wells? Yeah. Obi Wan. That's a good question. I, I know. It was, I know what you're talking about though. I think it was. I think it was Obi Wan. 
Mm. No. No, it was, it was Mando. It was Mando. Yeah, because the whales, blue whales. Because yeah. that's what we thought. Remember, we thought that the blue whales. Yeah, that's what got you off. There's a scene in, 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 uh, in Mando where he jumps to light speed and uh and baby yoda i keep calling baby grogu uh sees the 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 space whale the light speed space whales uh one of them passing passing by in light speed is mando sorry yeah. like so and that was this season actually yep uh that's this season. Uh, yes i don't want to see the first episode of this season first or second episode. yeah 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 and and yep yep so i'm i don't know why i just missed that one because i just saw that yeah Shout out to yeah, Brad. I am. I, I have been wanting an on-screen, uh, live-action Grand Admiral Thrawn for probably thirty years now. Um, for those of you who do not know, uh, they derived that character from the Heir to the Empire uh, book series, the one that basically started, jump-started the novelization of uh, of Star Wars. Yeah. And, Man, is that 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 those three books are a doozy. Um, I, there was the people were basically just going to George Lucas with the three books, like just begging him, just just do this, just make these movies, it'll be fine. You you make those movies, it'll be great. Uh, it is to this day, it is the standard bearer for great Star for incredible Star Wars novelization. Now, uh, I, there I will say this. Few, say again. When- I'll say this: When Josh is excited about something, you're gonna get a biased opinion about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wrong. I'm, this is not this is not objective. This is like everybody thinks this, this now. And Thrawn, and to his point, Thrawn is a cool character that for the people that didn't read books that got introduced to him in the Rebels was definitely a good big, big bad. No, nah, yeah, God is dope. Good strategist, good fighter, all around bad. Look, great background and and more proof of why the writers of the disney era has not gone far enough into the galaxy far far away because even he's from a place that is not even explored other than the fact that he his presence is in is there because you know in terms of where he comes from there's no other tribe yet other alien uh no other um sentient race in the larger star wars galaxy of his tribe other than him. So it's, he's a very, very interesting. One of the, the few, like, you know, he's one of those interesting villains that's not corny in star Wars other than, you know, like when general Grievous appeared, you know, you kind of are like this, <laughs> this guy is like kind of kind of cool, but he's like a corny gimmick. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. But Thrawn um, is totally, on the level of a grand, a grand moth Tarkin, or you know, uh, um, literally, he, he was he was literally the, the the guy for the Emperor, and there was no other rank. So the way the story went in the books, I don't think they ever delved into that in the in any of the television shows. But so the rank of Grand Admiral is a one of one. He's the only person to ever achieve that rank. And he, um, and basically it was like, there was nothing else that they could give him. Like he had basically risen through the ranks of the, of the empire so quickly and so high. And he's the only alien, like the, the, they don't really touch on this 
too tough in other media that you see, but the empire is racist as hell. Like they don't, if you it notice, they're xenophobic. It's like very xenophobic. Yeah, we're human and and white. Well, yep. white white male human. Yeah, they're very very anti. And also, his backstory and, is so good because of the 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 explanation given as to why we never saw him in during the. Rebe- the rebellion, you know, yep, that period. and 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 so I don't know if they're gonna. They probably will talk about that because that's such a cool factor. Like this guy, mm-hmm. you know, because the first thing is so nice. Well, why isn't why isn't Grand Admiral Thrawn present during any of that time? Well, two reasons. One, Vader was alive and he was present, and that was enough. <laughs> the Emperor had Vader, and usually the Vader and Tarkin were enough for the Emperor to to and 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 of course Palpatine himself, um, you know. So Thrawn was sent to wasn't it the the Josh? He was explaining it. Better. It was basically sent once he achieved the rank of Grand Admiral. Uh, Palpatine, like you say, you know, he had Vader, he had he had um, Grand Moff Tarkin, um, and he basically was like, listen. I want you to go out and plant the flag of, of the empire in the outer regions. And so he sends them off to the, un, not the outer regions, sorry, the unknown regions. Um, and what, well past the outer rim, he goes, plants the flag, subjugates a bunch of planets in the name of the empire, comes back just after, I was, uh, was that 10 years after the Jedi? Uh, Ten years after the return of the Jedi, he comes back to find the Emperor is dead, Vader's dead, uh, and the Empire has basically been or dissolved. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, "What in the hell?" And so he slowly but surely gla- gathers the remains of the Empire uh, of of the Imperial forces under his banner. And long story short, he comes within an inch of retaking it all in the books. And I mean, an inch. It's like up to the end of that last book, you're you're despairing on whether or not this is going to be a reversion to the Empire because he comes that close. And and if they actually adapt even most of that, that it would make mm-hmm. sense. Oh, and it would and it would <clears throat> unfortunately tie it to the the ones after. But I think also the cool thing is, I was reading up on it because one of the things I noticed is when Disney took over for Star Wars, they made a bunch of comic books and. Most of those comics are actually pretty solid. The Star Wars main book is actually really good. Each each book, uh, volume of the book starts right after the movies, after so, A New Hope, and that's when the book right when it ends. That's when that book uh starts, and it fills in the gap between A New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back. And then also they have a Vader book, which is amazing, and then they have a bunch of just side books that are kind of like ups and downs, whatever. But the one thing that I've always noticed is they never had an Ahsoka book ever. And so mm-hmm. he's only been on the on the on either either in the shows or um, or the cartoons or in the shows. And anyway, I was I've been trying to find so, it, like I mean, thing, you know why, you know why Filoni, it's a Filoni thing, right? Yes, Filoni was like mine. <laughs> like, uh, uh-uh, you will not let her go. It you, you he would not let her be in anything else. One hundred percent makes sense. Man, it makes sense. I mean, honestly, as as I said, I even with. Uh, what was the one where they're gonna be? It's gonna be a show. It was announced Star Wars Day, where it's explaining how the 
the New Republic and the how the first uh, the first was the first order ended up rising to power or whatever. And I was like, well, that's that's Filoni cleaning up again, <laughs> again, trying right. to clean up the continuity, clean up the, the man. The man is just, once again, just, he's adept at filling in those gaps. Filoni is the best thing to happen to Star Wars, hands down. Amen. The because oh. the, the the sequel series once again, it, if you didn't know, how can Star Wars continuity get mucked up even more? Well, J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson, they did it their best to, to, to muck it up even more because mm. they were. And, and Filoni is now, once again, going to come in and be like, okay, we're going to clean this up. We're going to make sense of this stuff. Why do you, why a whole new republic has, that has existed for 30 years, all of a sudden there's this whole uh death uh not death star this whole yeah they did create star killer whatever no yep. whatever it was called how did they do this yeah. <laughs> like what so you know and you can see man the, the mandalorian is is john father is also cleaning it up he's trying to lay mm-hmm. the seeds for when that for how that could happen in in such a way but um yeah i think that's where what a lot of these shows that are still set in this Skywalker era, which is as much as I hate it, I'll give the people who are doing it a little credit in that they're trying to clean up and make sense of this very wide and very convoluted and somewhat uh, um, inconsistent mythology that we all love. Yeah, and I think... I mean, I remember watching, I remember when I finished, I was watching Clone Wars before they did the last season, and I finished it, and then right after Clone Wars finished, I watched um, the, was it, the Revenge of the Sith? Mm-hmm. And then watching, after watching all that Clone mm-hmm. Wars, and then watching Revenge of the Sith, it actually made it better. Because now I had cont- and I got context of all the crap that was happening at the beginning of that movie, yeah. where it's like, oh, Skywalker's been fighting them for a hell of long, so it yeah. makes sense that he's that powerful like there was no leap of logic where like Clone Wars filled all that gaps in and you're like, okay, cool. And then when you watch Ridge of the Sith, you're like, okay, now, now this fits as an actual narrative. Yeah, because the, the, the thing that I said, the problem with those movies is that after the first one, it the actions of the Jedi make absolutely no sense. Like where mm-hmm. where is the investigation into the into the other Sith Lord that uh, to into Darth the, that was with Darth yeah. Maul? You guys said it yourself. There's always two, a master and apprentice. What we do, we deal. The master or the apprentice. Why isn't they? Why aren't they going on an investigation? Is why are they playing security for 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 Sith? So like you know, the Clone Wars shows that effort to find Sidious to find out who is behind. They know that. There's the the Dark Lord of the Sith is behind the separatists, but they don't have all the pieces. And by the time they figure it out, it's way too late. Wait, but that doesn't connect between those three movies. Now, granted, and I and this isn't popular. I still love like those movies better than the sequels, but the sequel trilogy. But those things, Filoni is good at co- reconnecting those dots to make you appreciate that more. And I think. 
maybe he can do that for the sequel, the, the the sequel trilogy as well. I mean, I don't know how you get past making Ray Palpatine granddaughter. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of one of those things that Man. You know, yeah, that's that makes things a lot more messy. You tried, but that's just like, come on, man. And then they doubled down on the whole incest stuff, you know, like uh, with it was bad enough with Luke and Leia. Now you got Ray and Kylo confused about who, what they are, and who they, they are. are. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just that's the eight. That's what that nostalgia chasing gets you, JJ. <laughs> you chase the sound so much, so much that you fell trapped to it. The upside is there's a ton of connected uh, Star Wars crap coming out. You know, whether or not it's going to be good, obviously, yeah. for me, it's seeing uh, there's the Acolyte with, um, oh my God, what's the actress's name again? Amanda Stenberg. Remind me what the Acolyte is again. Uh, basically, from the POV of the Sith. Um, I think uh, Amanda Stenberg is an apprentice. Coming up, I might be wrong about that, but she's basically either budding Sith, Sith Lord or she's an actual Sith Lord, and you follow her exploits. Okay, and it's, early, and it's pre, it's in the Bay Night era, so it's gonna be probably Ruler Two post so Bane era. Yeah, post Bane. Well, that's why I meant Bay Night, the Bay Night Sith. The, oh, you mean the, the Ruler Two? Yeah, yeah sorry, that's sorry. that's for the name for the Ruler Two, the Bay Night. Right, Sith. my bad. But, um. So that's the one I'm looking forward to. Why? Because it's set a couple hundred thousand years before the Skywalkers are even. <laughs> and and in one, one of the most important notes is it's not in Tatooine. It's in a galaxy. <laughs> a galaxy yeah. far, far, far away. Far, far away from there. Um, yeah. so there's a show called Skeleton Crew, which I think is going to be uh, following a skeleton crew on a Star Destroyer, I think it is. You can correct me if I'm wrong. It's like, it's like Lower Deck, Lower Deck Star Wars. Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a, I'll give them all a shot, but I'm not enthused about that. Yeah, John. Uh, Josh, you will give them all a shot. <laughs> uh, I am I am the continuity whore. I, I need to see it all. Uh, or at least I need to try it all. Um, Dave Filoni, Filo, Dave Filoni is getting a film well overdue and well deserved. And what's the topic of this film? It's got this is the yeah, first yeah. Jedi, right? Is that the yeah, one? That they, oh yes, yes. Sorry, it is the first ever Jedi Knight. Yes, yeah. So I can't. So not interested, but I could see it possibly being. Baloney will pimp not it. He'll he'll pimp it. I'm not interested in it either, oddly. Um, but it's Baloney, so I'll get so. Yes. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'll I'll yeah. it, I think. Now here we go. This is film versus TV. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. If there. translate, if his powers translate, <laughs> but made some good faith. So I'll give it a shot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm 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 kind of in the same vein. I'm like I don't really know. Like I don't know if I care about the first uh, Jedi. Don't really honestly. So there's, so there's two rumors floating around about what it's going to be about. I thought I saw one that said it was going to be about the first Jedi. But what I'm looking at here says Dave Filoni to direct new Star Wars movie taking place after the events of Return of the Jedi. So could be that. Could yeah, I'm be. less interested now. Yeah, I'm, I'm way less interested. Man. We, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
Uh, in the in the sky, we're even closer to the Skywalker. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, that one. I was more. I was a little more curious, at least. Yeah. About first Jedi, Jedi has like the first Jedi ever has some potential. Yeah, but now. Um, and then of course the day the Daisy Ridley uh, flick. I'm blown away that she's coming back for this at all, but. Yeah. So, um, and that's the, at what 10, 15 years after Rise of Skywalker or what? Yes. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Again, all these stuff they allow. She's basically rebuilding the Jedi Order. Yeah, all the stuff they announced, I'm not interested, and partially because they're pick cherry picking from the Legends canon, and it's obviously yeah. it's obviously clear that they're doing that, and they're using what they want in the framework instead of like what the actual, the original stories were. And that's why it's turning out so bad. Like, which as a person who was heavily steeped in the lore of, uh, the legacy canon, I gotta say it's insulting. I'm like, well then what'd you kill it for? Like you talking about the new Jedi Academy? Like that's that was in the books, man. And they yeah, made it way better. Like yeah. you could have just left it. I mean, you had had a ton of inconsistency. So what? Like is this? Um, I guarantee you, if you poke, if you poke around a little bit, what we see now has. I mean, just the three sequel movies alone have enough inconsistencies in them to like you. You could you could do a documentary on it. Like yeah, all they had is stuff that didn't make sense. Like, yeah. like when okay, as much as I like Leia, when she used the Force to survive <laughs> being in the fucking day, you know, like, nah, man. No. When did she get Dragon Ball Z like breathing ability? Well, I could buy that Luke trained her. She's Force sensitive. I could buy that, but if she but the vacuum was space, my guy. Yeah, like the vacuum of space. I mean, she's not, she's so busy trying to gasp for catch that last shred of air that how can she focus on fuels the forest? Like, it was so stupid. But, um, the 80s, we don't care about details like that. It says the 80s. Uh, yeah, now nah, you're right. Now. This was, uh, what, 2000, what, when was Last Jedi? Oh, forgot on purpose. Yeah. But you know, anyway, uh, all I had to say, Ahsoka going back to going back to the trailer, Ahsoka looks pretty good, even though again, all those things that said, I think it has a lot of potential because Corona throws a monkey wrench into the overarching storytelling. Yep. Um, there's some interest in where they can go with that, and it's not just all, you know. The thing is, it still falls back to the trappings of the Galactic Empire and all that stuff, but it it puts the focus on more on different interesting characters. That's not the same as the people we've been we've seen, um, or that someone related to the Skywalker or the Skywalker uh, story. Again, even though Ahsoka is very much related to that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, James Mangold getting one of those movies is a pretty big deal. I'd yeah, say. he's not he's not a garbage director at all. So the story's he's probably gonna write it, if not co-write it himself. Um, so in all likelihood, that will be 
at least reasonably tight and it won't be a dumb story. Um, it should fit neatly into the canon. I think everything that's supposed to happen with the James Mangold story is what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, that that's a lot. That's a lot to look forward to a lot to at least speculate over. Um, if not look forward, I think the, the Filoni thing and the James Mangold thing are probably the two most, uh, what the, the, the lowest hanging fruit, in other words, to say, like they probably are the most likely successful, uh, 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 storytellers of the bunch. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm confident at at least those two projects. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm just leaving the the galaxy far, far away, far, far behind until they <laughs> decide to step away from that love affair with the Skywalkers. It's like a it's like a, <laughs> they just can't quit it. I mean, they just cannot quit the Skywalkers. Elvin yeah. Mando had to get invaded by Luke, and <laughs> and it wasn't a very good rendition of Luke. It was the 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 sequence was fine. But the the CG of of making of Luke of young creating young post few years after Return of Jedi Luke was not worth it. Yeah, they could have just they could have just not used Ezra. They could have used another actor. Like just it just I don't know. There's so many different things they could have done. But either way, I think I'm with you. I think I actually have some. I I'm actually very very hopeful for Ahsoka. I think it's be kind of a cool thing. It's always been a cool character. One of the one of the best things to come out of Clone Wars, and so I hope they really do something, do it some some service. Um, I mean, and who who is it that's directing the Daisy Ridley joint? Oh, um, Yango, isn't it? No, 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 no. Charmin Obeyed Chinoy was a documentary director. Come on, <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, you know, I I hate you know what I take that back because she she very well may be capable. Who the hell knows? But on the on uh, uh, it to me that's a risky maneuver. I, I I'll be happy to eat my words, and I hope that she nails it. I hope she knocks it out of the park. I hope that she has more than just documentary shots. She's an excellent documentarian. I'm just like so somebody who maybe has action or sci-fi chops, perhaps, <laughs> or someone who has dramatic storytelling chops who can inject, you know. Some, um, some sense into a into a narrative. I'm not saying that she can't do that, and I'll be happy to eat my words and come back on this very same pod and be like, I was totally wrong, and I'm happy I was, because I will be. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, and I, I, it's more about for me. It's more than just none of what they announced well, in terms of story sounds at all interesting. Like all of the sounds, just like something that could be like a one-off TV limited event or like something that could have be could be a comic book series or something. I don't know. Like yeah. I'm really that stuff sounds at all interesting. That's that's just my take on it. Ahsoka's the only one that I'm looking forward to in the Alkalite, uh, because it's not set in uh Skywalker land. Let me let me ask this question. Uh I think it was in the Ahsoka trailer. Did I not see a Rogue One Vader sequence when it looked like he was fighting the soldiers. Oh, in the in the uh in the hallway? Yeah. Was I tripping or like it looked like it. 
Okay. I didn't know what the context was. They might have been blocked in a similar way. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it was probably just because they nowadays, now again, when some works, now everybody wants to do it. Uh, they did it once in Mando with Luke. And I wouldn't be surprised if they keep doing it over and over again. It's like the Daredevil. It's like the, the no, give Daredevil that credit. It's like the old school uh, uh, fight scene uh, sequence, long take or whatever, that then Daredevil adapted and then everybody else mm-hmm. adapted. So, um, Also, I'd like to point out that Ahsoka has Ray Stevenson. A Punisher fame. Just want to the, throw that out there. The Punisher. <laughs> the <laughs> cinematic Punisher. Punisher we acknowledge. Yeah. As well. Oh, as... No, not the only one we acknowledge. The only one I acknowledge. Barathol is acknowledgement. He gets Barathol is dope. Barathol is dope. But yeah. hey, hey, and shout out to my cheesy Dolph Lundgren. We're not going to be expecting <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I knew it was gonna happen. I had, I had, I had to drop his name in because he's a he's a major. Uh, he's one of the villains. Crawl so we can walk. Is that it? <laughs> uh, right, yes, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our, our man Rain Stevenson's in it uh, as a as a former Jedi uh, ally of, Thrawn, of Thrawn, So that's be kind of interesting. Yeah, that should be. And great. he has like a he has a, a Padawan slash uh, apprentice too. That's basically going to be one of the oh, things. I'm here for yeah. that, and that's cool too because he's more being presented as a dark Jedi as opposed yeah. to. A Sith Lord, yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think that's kind of cool because that 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 further expands the kind of like gray Jedi area. Yes. And yeah, uh, they're eight, eight different people, which is yeah, really good to manage all of those things. There's a difference between gray and dark Jedi, and there's a difference between a dark Jedi and a Sith Lord. Like there, there, there are differences between all those things. If, if unfortunately, a lot of the live action and animated stuff doesn't. Die ignore it completely. Yeah, the yeah. comics. The comics kid, have been but... the comics have been kind of like touching on it of lately, which is good. But yeah, you're right. So this will be a good kind of like introduction to that for people that don't know what that means or how that is. Like people that are like force sensitive, but they really aren't a Sith and aren't necessarily a Jedi. And also, it's not. You know, I think Ryan Johnson tried to walk it. I don't remember which one was trying to make it connected to. Uh, the parents or it's got to be you know like the, that was the whole thing with Ray is that if she had been turned out to be somebody random it would have been better than connecting her to someone who's a well known you know a force yeah. that's so powerful yeah. that oh it, yep. it, it permeates the genes like no that's not how because that was the case then Shmi Skywalker would have been a, a Jedi you know yep. it's true it's not a. It's not based on on genealogy. It's something that's arcane and can't put your finger on it. Why the force is stronger in one person other than the next? It was like that for a while until the midi chlorian came into play, and then and then we go. You know, yo, Ryan Johnson is a war criminal for that type of dialogue <laughs> and context. And for those of you who do not remember, Shmi Skywalker is Anakin's mommy. Yes. <sighs> Yeah. So moving on. <laughs> uh, last last up, we have they dropped the Spider-Verse trailer. It's got a lot of hype. Um, people, uh, the movie was very near, dear, and beloved. Um, the trailer looks really interesting. They're having a lot of fun with their whole Spider-Verse-y type situation. Um, same animation team's back for it, so that's awesome. Uh, same producers, uh, same producers, I believe, as well. 
Chris Chris Lord and Phil Miller or Phil yep. Philip Lord and Chris Miller, whatever the Phil Lord and Chris. Yeah. yeah. So everybody, yeah, everybody's back. All that uh voice actors actors are back. Um we got we even got the uh the same um, you know, uh critiques. Oh, they made his skin lighter. Oh, his his hair doesn't look as as froey as it used to be, and blah blah oh, like oh, uh, word. Who's saying that stuff? Oh man, it's it, it, evil. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, they when they talk, it's like it's like a chime in the wind. I hear it, but it just makes a just a faint sound. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make. Wait, 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 what is it from peanuts? Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I hear. Uh, look at it. Nothing's even worse. But it looks, it actually looks really, really dope. I like the kind of yes. the stake that they're going, um, using, um, that was the other thing. Like, oh, why do two Latinos got to be fighting against each other? I'm like, Jesus, people, can, uh, we, can we just watch the film and enjoy it? Wait, because you know, who's, who's the, well, the, the bad is, um, uh, uh, Spider Man 2099. Yeah, Spider Man 2099. Oh, yeah. 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 Miguel Oscar Isaac is voicing him. Yep. See, I well, that's that's cool. I don't mind that. Oscar Isaac is 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 a beast. He's he's one of he's one of those nerd kings now. Like he, yeah, man. Yeah, he 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 too. I like it. Yeah, I don't I don't mind Oscar Isaac in the role. I the I hate those type of villains though. Only the uh, alternate version of the protagonist. It, yeah. Sometimes it works, and this could would be one of those situations where it works. But a lot of times, it's just so it feels so cheap. Y'all was about to say that cheap, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I was watching something or something that did that. Oh, that was why I didn't. I that was the thing that made me stop watching the Flash. Was that season where Barry was Savitar? Whenever yeah, exactly that was. And, and that's I'm not. I'm not. And this every yeah, it was just right. every every season was hashtag Barry's fault. It was Barry, but a slight variation of him. Like <laughs> yeah, you were the only person who used that hashtag, sir. Yep. And I think in there, <laughs> where I agree with Cam on the multiverse as a as a as a plot device or as a narrative uh, device, lay motif is that when they start doing things like that, all of the alternate is the main villain or whatever. It's like, it only works in certain situations, like very specific storytelling, like fringe had worked with the alternate Walter Bishop because that was very idiosyncratic to that mythology, that story. But if it's just like, Oh, we know there's all these multiple Spider-Mans and this one is all of a sudden doing bad. And then, then Spider-Man prime has to stop them. Nah, the superhero stuff it just comes off as lazy very and it was crazy because even in the the books i was i was very against it when it first came out even though the first couple of books they actually wrapped it up to be pretty decent and interesting to um <clears throat> to show it but i think that it silly with it in the books for well, it, yeah and then they like the the core story was good and after that it's been kind of and then i think slots back to kind of clean up and kind of in the spider-verse per, per se mm-hmm. But yeah, um, they, 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 the, the, the different variants, the different variants of Spider-Man, they they got a little silly and ridiculous with it at one point. Uh, with the number of different uh, different incarnations, like they just 
threw every idea they had against the wall. It sounds like. Wait, what is this? Uh, uh Spider Pig too? Yeah, dude. There's it, and, and it's it got to the point where because they did a whole thing called Spider Personas in the books, where people would draw their own self as a spider, and you submit it, and then the ones that were cool, we'll put them in the books, kind of a thing. So, one half. What was the What was the multiverse story arc storyline again? Um, the multiverse story arc was different. That one was more just like, um, somebody was trying to kill Peter Parker's in different multiverses. And right. so, and so they had to, so the other spiders kind of gathered around to basically protect him, blah, 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 blah. But they couldn't tell him because it's Peter Parker because he fucks up all the time. And so that was the part that was kind of cool because, like, that Wing and comes. He's, spider, he's considered Spider Man Prime. Yeah, exactly. So, right. like, and he's like, wait, why don't you guys just tell it, Tell me. They're like, dude, you're Peter Parker. We know you're going to fuck it up. So we had to figure it out on our own first and then come to you. So, like, the story of the solid, the story of it was actually pretty solid. And then after, after they concluded that arc, it just, yeah, then they would dinner just went to now we have spider this and spider that and spider and yeah spider Gwen and silk spider and right yeah yeah so and some of those characters actually turned out to be kind of cool and some of them were kind of meh and then mm. now what they did which is smart on a marketing wise is all those personas that got created in the comics in the last whatever years they threw them all in the movie so like mm. every character you see that's in the movie they they've already been created somehow been in the books either the right. books or marketing whatever or you know ballerina spider and this spider and also the random shit wait wait do we have a uh, alternate universe marissa tomei <laughs> yeah. just saying just asking i mean that's a valid question sir uh I, i'm i concur with that assessment uh they're gonna be able to sell hella toys my man oh yeah totally yeah. oh yeah Oh yeah, especially if the spider pajamas. They're gonna monetize the pajamas off of this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, that's the thing. I was like, by watching the trailer, I was like, oh, this is cool. That's like this. That's the second thing I thought. I was like, oh, marketing this, marketing that, marketing that. I'm yeah, like, I'm. I'm also that's curious. Gonna to see, that's gonna be a toy. That's gonna be a toy. That's gonna be a toy. Yeah, I'm also curious to see how much he's actually gonna be in Brooklyn and how much he's gonna be in the in the verse mm-hmm. and how and they know because. In the move, the first movie, his parents are a very integral part of the whole story, and it had, and, know, Brooklyn, and him as his, as we know, Brooklyn is the center of the universe, my good man. <laughs> and Cord, his character, now now he's gonna be on his own, and so we're, we're, it's gonna be kind of interesting how they do that. And I'm curious to see how they flesh out the whole Spider Gwen thing too. So and a lot of who's uh, the actress playing Spider Gwen? Uh, Haley Stanfield. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. She was uh so she, she's in uh she's just marble all over, huh? She she white she's uh, uh She was a Disney kid, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. A, I think she was a Disney kid. She was already in the ecosystem, I believe. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. She's been around she's been around the first thing I saw her in was that uh true grit yeah. Oh, that's right. I think that might be her first one. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. Which was a remake of a of a uh John Wayne, yeah, yes. I mean, huh? Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That I think it's gonna be good. I, I, I have no. As a matter of fact, I love the trailer. The trailer is one of the best cut animation trailers I've seen in a very long time. It was a little long, but it was still, uh, it was still good. Well, well, well cut together. It was long yeah. though. It, uh, it didn't need to be two minutes and third or whatever it was. Last I, I, I will say, Into the Spider Verse is probably. My favorite Spider-Man rendition of yep. live action and animation. 
Yeah. I like, I'm not a big fan of the movies. Like, they're just okay to me. Uh, but the Into the Spider-Verse was really, the first one was done really well. So, I was like, this might be my favorite Spider-Man. And it's, and it's highly, it's highly rewatchable, too. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, you could like, so Into the Spider-Verse, it was, it's really fun. Like, it's a fun, rewatchable film. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I'm curious to see how they can translate this onto the second. I didn't even know. I've never rewatched it. I, I watched it. I watched it a couple times. I really enjoyed it. Like I agree that it was a rewatchable movie, but well, I can't agree because I haven't rewatched it. So we'll see. <laughs> I'll try to re. I'll rewatch it and then I'll I'll ask the question. Yeah, I think you'll. I think you'll agree. I, I know. Well, I believe you. I'll agree. I, I would say. I would say I'm a pretty well versed in what you rewatch and what you don't, and I would say this probably will fall in line with the things that you like to rewatch. Well, I think um, that that will definitely be true. I just I mean, no, for some reason I haven't. I don't know why. I mean, uh, they stuck in they stuck in a test audience for the first one <clears throat> that last year of Comic Con, New York Comic Con, before uh before lockdown. Um, and so they showed whatever they had finished of the film at uh was it Hammerstein wherever it was. It was out off site from uh from the main body of Comic Con. And so they would Marvel, you know, all the Marvel, all the exterior Marvel uh, properties got debuted. So they did the second, third season of Daredevil, second season of Punisher, and then they saved Into the Spider-Verse for last. And so out of the blue, I mean, they showed snippets of Punisher and snippets of Daredevil. So we thought we were going to see snippets of Into the Spider-Verse. They were like, how would you like to see what we finished? And of course, the audience was like, well, yeah. And they were like, cool, because we finished about half of it. We were like, what? <laughs> so we got to see <clears throat> we got to see the first half up to the oh, up to where uh Fat Peter pops up. Um and uh, pops up in the cemetery. Uh find five miles. Um that's where that's where it wound up stopping. And it got a step people ripped out of their seats hmm. uh at the end of that thing. So I mean the realism of the movie, I think, aside the authenticity of the movie, aside from all the action, aside from uh, adapting Miles pretty much perfectly from the books, um, I think the authenticity of like little things like he wore Jordans, and of course there was a marketing tie-in where they released this, the the Miles Morales Jordans, and then um, you know just him being a Latino kid in Brooklyn, a black Latino kid in Brooklyn at that, uh, which brings its own flavor things and I mean in the trailer they seem to be carrying on with the seem to be carrying that through because I remember all my fr- Hispanic friends who got bees in Spanish they got the same talking to that he got in the trailer <laughs> yeah that was uh, that was good I, I, that was that hilarious because uh, you know I didn't gr- I, I been in New York during the time I, I was in New York I learned a lot about that from 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 friend. Uh, but and so I thought that was a nice little uh, uh, touch um, mm, yeah. with, the, the, with the mother, with them freaking out over that. Yeah. Um, fun fact, uh, Haley Sanfield got a uh, Oscar nomination for her role in True Bit. I knew that. I yeah, I did know that. I yes. knew that. Wow. Because it was a big deal because uh, it was that good. She was like, she was young too, right? Like, Well, yeah. they were talking about, because um, the last actress to get actually nominated and win i think for as a child was anna packman yeah, yeah. Anna packman. 
Um, and this was years before she was even rogue as yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like they right. already had one an Oscar. Sure. Uh, but it was a su- supporting role Oscar, but it was a big deal, you know. She was a kid. Um, and then yeah, Daniel Kaluuya is going to be uh, Spider Punk, which will which will everyone's going to love that. So yeah, now this is this was. This is one of those movies cool. where, like, they're gonna have a lot of fun. Full of cameos, bro. Yeah, they're gonna. It's it's, it's just we have a lot of fun. They're probably gonna do some spinoffs, but yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. That that's yeah. that's even what I saw when I as as I watched the trailer. Like, it's just a fun trailer. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's wrap with some final words. Uh, Josh, you got some? Uh, um, I did. What was it? Come back in. Oh, fans. I think that's what it was. Fans? The fans. The fans, the fans, the fans, the fans. The fans about Mando and, and Lizzo. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Um, so, uh, you're up on Mandalorian. Um, you saw Jack Black and uh, Lizzo and uh, and Christopher Lloyd and, like, I don't know, like 5,000 other people. Uh, had cameos or you know more than cameos in this week's Mandalorian. They had and, four roles, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were but there were a bunch of people in this thing, yeah. And you know, people of course single out the black woman for having no acting chops and she looked terrible and this that and the other. And I'm like, you know, I believe this is her first acting role. Give her an effing break, man. Like you know, like I mean, I'm not a huge Lizzo fan, but like. Let her rock, man. Like it's her first acting gig, I think. You know, like, and then you know what? I I hope people feel bad because, you know, reading up on on her reaction, she was interviewed in Vanity Fair and sent out a tweet and dropped a tweet about how she cried the entire day when she found out that she got cast. Not because she's that big a Star Wars fan necessarily, but she was raised on Star Wars by her dad, who's no longer with us. I'm just like, you know, see, you, like, fans, man, fans just gotta chill, man. Like, it's not, it's not necessary to just jump on everything and critique everything and just be this harsh, well, you know, Lizzo should, should, she shouldn't have taken the gig if she didn't know how to act. And Shut up. Just, come on, let her live. Let the kid live, man. Like, you know, She's living out a dream for her dad, who's not here anymore. Like, you know, it doesn't, I mean, did she stink it up? No. Was she an Oscar award-winning actress on this? No, also. But she didn't have to be. Like, you know, and she had fun with it. Just let her live, man. Just, you know, Star Wars fans, I gotta tell you, are becoming, if they aren't already, the worst fans in all of science fiction. Like they, they, they did add that title. What are you, what are you talking about? There is no, there is probably the only worst fandom is no word. No, I mean that's. I'm not saying though. You are saying something if you're the worst fans in all of fandom. Like there's a lot of fans that are like there's a lot of terrible X Men fans. There's a lot of terrible Spidey fans. You know, there's some, there's some, there's some doozies out there. There's some winners. I've seen and heard some conversations that would just defy all logic but star wars fans just just by leaps and bounds just derail things and just talk out of their ass about things 
that they have no business talking about and just like you know just let things rock man just you know uh the friend of the pod eric norman likes to constantly say and even remind me when i when i step out of line uh you know yo just wait and see like you know yes you have your opinion about it yes you have your thoughts on it yes you you know may have whatever you know whatever critique you may have about somebody being cast in a role or somebody that you know said as a director just let you see let them rock let them let them let them step into it and see what happens you never know what gold you might get from unexpected you know uh from from unexpected castings or unexpected hires like just you know just wait and see and i'd be willing to wager that we're gonna come back years from now when she's had like her 10th acting gig and has blown something out of the water and this conversation is going to be something that we remind people of. Like, yo, remember when y'all talked about that shit about Lizzo and how she couldn't act and look at her now? Like, let her develop. Let her let her become. Let her get better at it. Let her take some acting lessons. Let her look at this thing and be like, ooh, you know what? I can do better than that. Let her get better. Yep. That's the final word. Yep. Let her live. Let her live. Yeah, D, what you got? Oh, uh, well... After that, I don't know what 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 more to say. Let's do a break, people. I mean, what do you want to do? Um, I was talking to you guys about this. Um, we saw uh, there was that David Lynch quote, and I think the reason I'm making this my final word because it's a thing that more people practice. So my knee jerk reaction to that tweet was that he, you know, and for those of you who don't know, David Lynch. Um, basically was asked in an interview uh had he seen uh Dennis Villanueva um uh version of Dune or if he planned on watching the second one he said no don't ask me about that I haven't seen it don't plan on seeing it and I think for the for those who don't know Dave Lynch is a filmmaker and he for this purpose of this talk uh he made the original live action adaptation of Frank Herbert's novel. So the the Doom from nineteen eighty four, four, I believe you're right on the Doom from nineteen eighty four uh was his film. Um but I you know when I saw it I had that knee jerk reaction, oh man, he's hating on the film, hasn't seen it, why even comment on it? But then I looked back, looked at what he said and there's nothing in his statement that actually says anything negative or disparaging of towards the the 2000 um the recent doom film uh so it's good to go back and rethink these things and not react uh have a quick reaction to text that's written on social media or things that quotes that people say because you know sometimes there's there's more to it sometimes there's less and in this situation, I don't think David Lynch was trying to be negative towards Dune as much as just shutting down that he don't want to talk about it because he's not interested in it because he didn't think that was what the interview was about. That's and it's point. a neutral statement, you know what I mean? Like, it's nope. not negative, it's not positive. I mean, you could take shade from it because that's generally the context the quote was positioned in, but it was pretty neutral. I haven't seen it, so I don't know, and I don't want to yeah. know. But that's the manipulation of the tech of social media. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you can easily find yourself into that. Yeah, into that. 
into that pattern just that easy. You know, I, I fashion myself as a rather intelligent man, but it, the right, the right then and there, boom, caught me emotionally reacting to a one line, one sentence that this man said that he was asked during an interview, which was his right to say that. And again, he didn't say anything negative, but instantly because of the context, I, and I looked at the responses and that was exactly what people were going on. I like David Lynch, but he, he, this time he said something stupid. And that made me go back and rethink because if I'm reacting like all the other human beings, something's wrong. <laughs> anyway, that's my final word. Cam, <laughs> what's your final word? I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I just found out about the last Ronin, which is this, the detailed story about the, the last Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, which I never knew dope. that was a story. Dope. I heard it was really dope. I'm going to check I, it out. Very common premise, and I'm going to check it out. Check it out because the original time, the first time I saw or read about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it was an adult-themed comic. It's mm -hmm. not the kitty cartoon that we got accustomed to. So I'm very interested to see what this is about and how it plays out. That's yeah. about it. That's the Really, really, really good story. Really, really good. I got, I got, really, really, really. yeah, I got it actually. I'll, 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 I'll pass it around the horn. Please. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, my final word is, uh, be kind to each other, peoples. That's it. Make it simple. <laughs> Let's go out there. Be kind. There's a lot of craziness going on these days. Almost every day, there's something crazy on the news. Turn the news off. Go like, as, as Cam says, go touch some grass. Enjoy, enjoy the the weather. We've been finally getting some type of good weather these days in New York. Uh, some days are cold, but yeah, I had, I had a couple hours to chill, uh, kill, and I was walk like literally. I took an hour, just walked around in the park, sat down, Great. read a book, <laughs> just Great. chilled out. I was like, I almost forgot about this. So yeah, New York has the best parks for that too. Yeah. Ironically, you think that it wouldn't be that way because of so many people, but. As a writer, it, I could tell you there was no better place that I like to get create creativity and inspiration than parks around that city. Yeah, man. Just uh, you know, I think that that I was walking around. I was like, yeah, last weekend. And it was just like, yeah, I forgot. Just, <clears throat> just you know this. You know, you don't have a bad day. You might just have a bad moment. So just go walk around and touch some grass and enjoy your life. There's a lot of negativity. You probably find some positivity just. Just being out in the outdoors. So that's that's all. On your way, introduce a little anarchy. Set the established order. Exactly. <clears throat> but yeah, that's the third line for today. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. 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 <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs>